Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers with the right insurance. You need to be completely covered. Auto, home, life, business, maybe it's a bundle. They'll do everything they can to save you money. They'll check to find you the absolute best price. If there's ever a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them because they are your trusted insurance provider. Customer service means everything to them. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And go to sunburymotors.com. And you can check out the great line of Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, and their great pre-owned inventory. Check everything out. You can get the buying process done all from the comfort of your own home at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, the last shot of his Bulls career, Michael Jordan. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Stopped it. Harper's on him. Behind the screen. Harper got a piece of it. It comes off. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. The great Bob Costas with the call on NBC as Michael Jordan and the Bulls complete the last dance. With that, we bring in Ben Strauss, Washington Post. Ben, to you and yours, we hope you're safe and sound down there. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be here with you guys. We're uh, we're hanging in there, wife and eight-month-old baby, but uh, ah. uh, making the best. Uh, hopefully, you guys too. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate that, and congratulations, by the way, on the eight-month-old baby. Uh, let's uh, let's get to the Jordan documentary. Um, it's interesting how it's, it seems like this is covered like it's in real time. It was 22 years ago. Uh, but what were your takes, especially out of the end? I want to get to the end when it, when he's talking about the possibility of a seventh. Uh, Jerry Krause has no ability, by the way, to defend himself in this. He passed away three years ago. What were your, what were your takes on all that? Um, I think. My take on that is sort of my take on the whole thing is that, um, you know, it's Michael Jordan's documentary, and so Michael Jordan gets the last word. Um, And Jordan says, you know, I would have, I wanted to bring 
I wanted to come back for a seventh, right? And he says, you know, we could have gotten Phil on a one-year deal. I would have signed a one-year deal. Rodman on a one-year deal. Kerr on a one-year deal. And he says Pippen would have signed a one-year deal, too. And that's the one where you're like, <laughs> Pippen's been waiting 10 years to get paid. He, you know, he's going to take an under-market deal for a seventh title after he's been playing not just – I don't even think the second fiddle thing is a big deal, but it's – um you know he's been he's been playing for you know pennies on the dollar of what he should have been getting paid. So um, it would have been nice to hear from Pippen on that, right? Like yes. you have Pippen in the dock, would you have you know been amenable to you know working something out? Maybe he would have. Maybe um, you know maybe uh, he he would have. But you had Pippen there, and it seemed uh, it seemed like he was sort of the key figure of what he you know been willing to work with them to come back and then you know he's in the dock so i would have loved to have had him ask but i do think that yeah you know you, you get jordan's view and it's jordan's footage it's jordan's movie and so uh the jordan view is uh you know sort of the view of what we're left with i'm wondering if jordan, <laughs> i'm wondering if the interviews were done at that point except for jordan i think jordan was interviewed three different times and when they get to that part, they didn't have a chance to ask him because <laughs> he says it like, "Really? Uh, can we get Pippen back?" And they already had their turn with Pippen. They probably didn't get a chance to ask him that. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, maybe they didn't get a chance. Um, because I'm with you. I mean, all this time he's been aching for the seven-year deal to end, <laughs> so he can get yeah. his. And because that was interesting at the end, they told you how much money he made after that. And it was a ton. Yeah, good for him. Get paid. Yes, that's fine. I mean, Houston, Portland, you know, I mean, that that's fine. I mean, I, I think that's great. Uh, I will, uh, But what did you th- – we've watched the San Antonio Spurs, how they've, they've kept the core group together, and they built around it. Uh, other teams have done that over time, where they've kept the core group together and they've, they've built around it. Uh, Jerry Krause broke the whole thing up, and, and – they, except for maybe a, a, a Derrick Rose part, they really, and Thibodeau did a decent job. They haven't been tremendously relevant since, though, Ben. No. It's, uh, you know, the, the doc takes its its last shot at Krauss, right? I think in the, you know, the ending credits, you know, Jordan retires, Phil moves on, Scotty moves on, and it says the Bulls began to rebuild, and essentially they're on, you know, year uh, 22 of the rebuild now. Um, uh, I would say, though, I think so. Kraus never rebuilt the team, and, and you know they've actually been a mess. Um, yeah. More recently, with Paxson and Gar Foreman, and it's, it's sort of been a you know an embarrassing franchise, you know, for a marquee NBA franchise like the Bulls. Um, but Kraus did rebuild the roster. You know, for the second three-peat, like that was a much yes. different roster than yep. the first three-peat. You know, Kraus is a guy who went and got Kukoc. Um, Kraus went and signed Dennis Rodman. You know, he got Steve Kerr. Um, you know, it sort of rotated the cast from you know the first three-peat to the second three-peat. So he did build. You know, obviously you have Michael Jordan, but he did build two. Um, you know repeat winning teams um, and, well, and again certainly with a big assist from Jordan. Let me put you this way Jerry Krause 
is exactly what LeBron James was aching for in Cleveland. Right, a guy that could take his talent. You know, you already had Irving, you already had Love, but then put the right parts around it. LeBron's always been begging for somebody to do that for him. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair point, and it doesn't mean that like Kraus, you know, was a nice guy or was oh. likable in any way. You no. know, it, it <laughs> certainly <laughs> seems like he wasn't, and he was petty too, right? And he yeah. you know wanted credit. Um, but it, it's undeniable that the man knew how to build a basketball team. And it's actually, it's sort of hilarious that it's Scottie Pippen of everybody, um, you know, who says right at the end, you know, Jerry Krause was the best general manager in basketball history, considering you know, how much he hated him back in the 90s. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. Um, because it, it's, it's just interesting that you put all this together, and unfortunately Krause passed away three years ago. I think his perspective would have been invaluable in this because I don't know about you, it's obvious that players took sides in this. And I don't mean players against Jerry Krause. To me, the players took side, Ben, between Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause, and they picked Phil Jackson. Yeah, that's not a... I don't think that's a popularity contest that Jerry Krause is ever going to win. Um, I don't know how many popularity contests Jerry Krause would win with anybody, but, um, <laughs> you know, with Phil Jackson being this charismatic, you know, guru, you know, that, that you know, harnessed, um, you know, those teams and Jordan and, and all the different pieces. You know, I think he was pretty, pretty well liked by players. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like the documentary would have been much better, um, you know, with Krause and, you sort of you're desperately curious whether he would have participated and then desperately curious what he would have said is there any other figure in sports that we have seen in the last 30 years that you could have done a documentary like this about the the last 30 years i mean I guess you sort of you wonder about LeBron James, but I wonder if LeBron, we know so much about LeBron already. Like one of the aspects of this that was so unique and different is that Jordan is pretty elusive. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. You don't see him on camera. He's not on social media. And so just just seeing him on camera talking, you know, almost regardless of what he has to say, is sort of monumental. Um, and in the NBA, right, you think of LeBron. I don't know if LeBron. I don't. He's not. I don't know if he's elusive enough, or, or sort of curious about as much with him as we are with Jordan. Um, there have been docs on, but you know, Mike Tyson is pretty, you know, endlessly fascinating with you know different layers and you know different pieces of his life that um, you know are, are fascinating. But again, with him, there's been um, you know already there've been documentaries on him. Um, you go back to Ali, I guess that's not the last 30 years, but same with him. Like, he's, yeah. you know, there have been movies about him. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's somebody as singular as Jordan, you know, who sort of checks all these boxes where, you know, you see Michael Jordan's name and you, you want to know, right? Like, you want to read the article. You want to see the clip, right? He is singular. And also, there just hasn't been tons of him out there. And so... I just, I don't know if 
I don't think there's anybody else. I, that, I, I don't think so. That, I, do I don't think so either. And part of it goes back to what you just said, not active on social media. There was no social media, period, during this time frame. With LeBron, we know what he had for breakfast today. He tweets it yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not yeah. interested, but he, but he is. Right. Oh, if you're a fan of LeBron, you pretty much know his every movement. <laughs> yeah, right. Like on Instagram Live, you know, he and his family are celebrating Taco Tuesday, right? Yes. Like, there's not, you know, the behind the scenes footage, you know, that is really cool in the Jordan doc because it's so unique, just doesn't exist for any, you right. know, very many current athletes because, you know, you see most of that stuff already. That's yeah, that's true. Uh, th- th- there's no doubt about that uh, when you look at it. Uh, when you look at, first of all, I thought they did a great job of getting as, as many people involved in pos- as possible. What did you think of the fact that uh, Steve Kurtz took such a prominent role in this? Because obviously he's a role player with the Bulls. And of course, he's current today with what he's doing with with Golden State. How interesting was the fact that he played actually such a prominent role in this? Yeah, I don't... Um, obviously, the Chris story is really interesting. Right? His dad and where he came from. And, you know, he did hit the big shot. Um, yes. In 97, right? The, the fifth title of the sixth. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 in some ways, right, I think it's nice that you, you saw that story about Steve Kerr, but... You know, on the flip side, you could be, you could also wonder, like, did we need, you know, a 10 minute aside on Steve Kerr? Like, he wasn't a major figure in this at all. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I have strong feelings either way. No, um, just, I just, I know it's, I, look, you're talking, we're talking about 10 hours of television here. So obviously, you got to fill it with something. And, and he's well spoken, yeah. he's, he's articulate, he gives you a good, you know, and obviously uh, the backstory with the fact what happened to his father, what happened to Jordan's father. I mean, I understand all that. But every time I turned around, a role player kept playing a bigger role in the, in the story. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. What I, I, you know, who I would have liked to hear from, you know, the the one player I think that I, I would have liked to hear from is Craig Hodges, the um, yes from the eighties guy from the from the first repeat who went to the White House, um, you know, wore a dashiki and delivered a letter on inequality to yes. George H. W. Bush, and then you know was essentially blackballed from the NBA. Um, and so I thought his voice when you you talked about Jordan and politics. You know, would have been you know a good addition, um, and plus his he, voice, but also to ask Jordan, you know, if he had any thoughts on him. Right, and on thoughts on him, and also Hodges was the one that did push back about uh, about the drug culture of the of the of the Bulls when Jordan got there in the eighties. Hodges pushed back on that. Yeah, um, I mean, the flip side is though, right? Like Jordan, it's Jordan's movie, but it's also his movie. I don't think that's you know something the NBA. Wants to revisit <laughs> no. in any way, so you know we can sit here and say you know this would have been great, but I think that you know the director's hands were tied a little bit given you know the control that the league and Jordan himself had over the footage you know under the original agreement of shooting back in '98. And not only that, but there's another part to this too, and the other the part too is that they were doing a lot of editing on this because they didn't know it was going to start when it did. They thought it was going to start at the uh, at the end of the NBA Finals, and they were still editing right. the last two parts in April. Yeah, I think they did the Stockton interview as late as March 
Really? I believe so, yeah. Um, and by the no, way, I think, by uh, the way I lo- I'll tell you what I loved about the Stockton interview. I wasn't awed by any of this. He says, you know, t- you know they were a team we had to beat. I mean, you know, you know this. Like Jordan, for example, says nothing about Stockton. Like you can tell there's respect right away because you know they, they were on the dream team together. Right. But I mean, the, the guys on the dream team, you could tell he respected. Yeah, I mean, the people that you really wanted were Carl Malone yes. and Brian Russell. Yeah, and you figure that they they said thanks, but no thanks. We're all set on this. <laughs> Ben, complete pleasure as always. Thanks so much. Take good care of that great family of yours. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Be well. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And uh, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. Um, the... Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I think uh, they used some of the resources from NBA Entertainment to do that documentary. I mean, I think all that inside footage had to come from them, right? And I worked with a guy for a couple of years at Channel 3 named Bob Santolassi. And Bobby... Um, left what was then WPSX, now WPSU, to take a job with NBA Entertainment right about 92. I'm just wondering off the top of my head, um, how much, if any, of that footage in there um, was this? Just, uh, I mean, just wondering. Like, okay. Because believe me, some of that was really, really good, and that's that's who Bobby was. I mean, and, and Bobby was with him, uh, and I think he's still with them. A long time. Great guy to work with. I really liked him because he and I worked side-by-side side on a couple of projects. And, of course, I've been here for a thousand years, so, yeah, 
that worked with everybody here <laughs> at one point or another. <laughs> Matt's just shaking his head like, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us here on the show today. Uh, Bob Nightingale on the baseball negotiations. 50-50 split. Hmm. Uh, now, remember, they already had hammered out one agreement. So I'll say I'll say this about about the the players who, who, who get some pushback in this. You know, there already was one agreement hammered out. That's the only reason why I bring it up. I mean, you've already had one agreement hammered out. Now they want to do another one. So it's not like I don't see the player's side in this. Yeah, I see the player's side. I really do. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, bundles. They'll find you exactly the right insurance, and on top of that, if they can find you a better price anywhere, they'll search it out, find it, because they know budget means everything to you as well. It's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Go to sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, pre-owned inventory. Check it out online at sunburymotors.com, and you can buy from the comfort of your own living room. With that, we're very pleased to bring back uh, from USA Today the outstanding Bob Nightingale. Bob, welcome back. Hope you and yours are doing well. Yes, how are you doing? Doing great, Bob. Thanks. I hope you and yours are doing well. Yeah, well, thank you. Good. All right. So the Players Association and uh, the owners actually did strike an earlier deal uh, when all this began. Okay. Uh, why the contention right now? What are the owners in search of right now, and what are the players balking at? Well, it's confusing. The earlier uh, deal was with fans, and, not, and, and an agreement says fans will bargain in, in good faith uh, at a later date. Obviously, there'd be no fans at the outset here. The owners are still you know, this clear interpretation that we can reopen it. And the players are saying, well, and there's a specific clause in page four of the agreement that doesn't say anything about whether it's open or closed, uh, fan wise. So so they're using one, you know, that part there and the owners are saying, No, no, it's pretty clear that 
and we weren't going to open this way unless there were fans. So that's where the disagreement on, on the money. Uh, well, let's start with the safety part. It's 67 pages. Does that sound right, or is it more than that? Yeah, 60, uh, 67. Uh, yeah, the original one, and there's pages missing. So right now, 67 pages, but probably expanded 90 or so at, at, at some point. And this was just a rough draft, as they keep uh, you were telling us that you know things things can change. But yeah, it is very daunting. Uh, how much of this was taken from what uh, the KBO is doing, and how much of this is taken from their own personal guidance? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'm sure they, you know, looked at the KBO and everything else, uh, what they're doing in Japan as well, uh, to go through this. But, yeah, they had their own health officials and everything else. And so what they told the union is, hey, discuss it with your members and everything else, and even told the clubs. Yeah, you guys uh, look it over too. We're wide open on this, and see what uh, recommendations or differences you want to make. So, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty strict policy. Uh, you know, as far as you know, with the, with the players, you know, not be able to go to restaurants in the road or bars, that side of thing, and just even uh, the way they have to social distance inside a clubhouse. You know, not even taking showers. So, we'll we'll see. I think they'll let up on some of the stuff. Uh, you're around a lot of pl- a lot of players. I think everyone sees the elite athlete and they think that the engine is working perfectly. How many of those guys do have pre-existing conditions that are diabetic or maybe a type two or have something else underlying? Let's take Larry Nance Jr. for example of uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers has Crohn's disease as an example. How many guys are you around in clubhouses, Bob? Where you know there's a pre-existing condition? You know, a lot we don't know, and, and some are you know. You know, already having a uh, they get uh, TUE exemptions for for pre-existing things like you know kidney diseases and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, so I notice guys when the handlers in the club out in the in the locker and it's like, oh man, I didn't realize this guy's diabetic. So a lot of those things are not publicized. But you know, you got to think that uh, a, few, a few guys in every team for sure. Uh, do, is part of this also taking into account situations at home? I mean, the player may be fine, but there's a pre-existing condition at home. No, absolutely. You know, and then the uh, Sean Doolittle of the Washington Nationals, the, the closer, his wife's asthmatic. Uh, you know, guys who have you know young families. Or how about a you know Mike Trout? His wife's due for the first baby in August. You know that that sort of thing. So yeah, I don't see how you can force players to play. I mean, obviously. Those players won't get paid. Uh, but, yeah, there's got to be some players, I'm sure, that are going to say, you know what, it's just not worth it for me. Uh, I'll, I'll see you in 2021. All right, so in, on each side, what's the view of the uh, proposal of a 50-50 split? You know, how is that viewed on each side? And is, and is now 50-50 sounds like middle ground, but is there actually middle ground? Well, there's so much distrust on, on, uh, on the sides that it doesn't make sense. The union thinks that they used later on as a salary cap. The union says, "Well, fifty-fifty split." You know, say a team owns their own uh, team uh, owns their own TV station. You know, they're only paying themselves maybe fifty million or hundred million dollars a year, when it's really worth about four hundred million dollars a year for them. So it's just you know what what revenues are you actually splitting here? Uh, and, and the owner's biggest concern is that start of season. 
and stop it without a postseason. The postseason's could be worth as much as a billion dollars uh, this year, uh, minimum of seven fifty. Uh, but they're going to expand it by two rounds, so it could be up to a million, by a billion. So that's their fear, and I think they got to re- you know work out something where the uh, you know owners say, okay, uh, can we defer your salary at least? Particularly if there's no postseason, if there's no postseason, we're in real trouble here. So right now with with Major League Baseball, they've got this negotiation going on, which going into it, I think it's safe to assume people knew it wouldn't be pretty. Uh, so it's, you know, but you know, you you think they can work something out. Uh, they have the situation where the draft is going to be cut down to only five rounds, and they still don't have have not announced any resolution on the minor leagues. How tough a spot is baseball in in, in your opinion right now in terms of the public perception of it? Well, I think public perception is fine, just like you know, NBA and AHL. Now, if those sports are playing and baseball isn't, or, or uh, no matter what those other sports are doing, if baseball is shut down strictly because of uh, economic issues, then the public perception would be awful. I think it would be worse than the 94 or 95 strike to cancel the World Series. I mean, people would be completely fed up with the sport. So I don't see that happening. I really don't. I think they'll reach some kind of... Uh, Resolution, uh, money-wise, that okay. There's no postseason. Then you get you, know, you have the right to defer some salaries. What do you think of uh, the the two prime guys, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark? What has always been your perception of each, and are, are they capable of coming to an agreement? In your opinion, relatively soon. Well, they are. I mean, they just came to an agreement in March. You know, for. Uh, and starting the season up with the uh, pandemic, and as far as you know, higher salaries taken care of, where the players will get paid, you know, 170 million dollars total, roughly five thousand dollars a day, and they get the you know service time. But that expires uh, May 24th. That money when the money runs out, so they're able to reach agreement there within two weeks. Obviously, they did the last CBA, so yeah, they can uh, they can certainly get this done. Uh, I mean, you know, both sides have had contentious. Uh, you know, contentious relationship or, or negotiations, but they, they've certainly proven that they they can do things without a stop it. Obviously, Scott Boris has spoken out a couple of times along the way. Bob, what's your opinion about um, agents having a role in this, even if it's a role in terms of just publicly uh, voicing for their clients? Well, that's the thing. I mean, a guy like Boris, you know, negotiated over a billion dollars for the contracts uh, this past uh, offseason. Very powerful agent. Uh, he's a, he represents about 100 major league players, so his voice is big, just because his clients are going to listen to him. And they may not all agree with him, but they're certainly going to listen to him. So yeah, I mean, in the best world, you know, Tony Clark would love all the agents, you know, to uh, you know trust him and everything else. So the agents trust him, the players players will. So you got to make sure you strike a deal that everybody's comfortable with. All right. So then there's let's get to your part of it. Um, obviously, they're still trying to negotiate how this is going to work. How are you going to be able to cover this? Are you going to be allowed to be there from time to time? Are you, is it going to be gradual? Have they, anybody talked to you about how the media is going to be able to cover this, allowed to cover it? Well, I know the broadcasters will be in the uh, building, broadcasting the game. Uh, now, will they travel uh, with the team? That, that remains to be seen. Uh, right now, all is known as they'll be in. I would think the baseball writers would be in, from what I've been told, or 
one uh, one member per per outlet. Uh, you know, you're sitting in the press box, you know, six feet away from each other. And then what happens after a game or before that that remains the same. Will interviews be done on a Zoom call? Will actually have press conferences? Yeah. Will we step on the field and everybody uh, ask the questions that way with everybody apart? So yeah, that that one's wide open right now. And so you know, to be honest, that's probably the least of concerns. <laughs> we're we're right. about oh. third place first. No, but I, you, know, you and I are both in media, <laughs> so I let's get into something like you and I, like, you know, we care about the game, but we also care about what we do, too, so that's why I wanted to get into that part. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you hope you can talk to the players and stuff, like, you know, I'm not saying like, yeah. usual. obviously, we would not be inside the clubhouse, but I don't know why I can't, you know, interview guys on the field afterwards, at least in group sessions. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the regionalization of play, Bob? And what's the, what's your thought on a universal DH? Well, the universal DH makes all the sense in the world because of the regional play. I mean, uh, for instance, you know the, the Brewers are playing in the in the Central and they're playing the AL Central, so and nobody else. So East East West West and Central Central. So you're playing so many early games. It just makes sense to have a you know, DH. Now, particularly with they're worried about pitchers now, you know, not yep. being ready when the season starts. Last thing you want is a pitcher getting hurt at the plate or, or on the base pass. So I, I think that the universal thing was, was easy. And then the uh, way it's scheduled, I, I still would have done it the other way. You know, you just put everybody in one division. So you have 10 teams yep. in the Central, 10 in the West, 10 in the East, that sort of thing. You know, go about it that way. Uh, but yeah, so at least. At least be normal that way. Uh, Universal DH, and then a uh, you know twelve playoff teams per league. So instead of ten teams, now we're gonna have fourteen teams. Uh, moving forward, once twenty twenty is over with, does this then open the door for a Universal DH, and does this open the door for fourteen teams in the playoffs moving forward in twenty one, twenty two, and so forth? I think twenty one. Uh, You'll go back to the old ways for the DH, and the, the DH will not be in the National League. And then there's a new CBA. And I think it reverts back in 2022. <laughs> the players will, you know, will say, "Hey, we we want it. We want that uh, extra money. Uh, more veteran players as, as a DH in the, in the league will go along with it." Uh, so, but otherwise, you know, they may use this for a uh, maybe a geographical realignment. They've been talking about this forever. They'd, they'd rather do it with the 32 teams, but I don't see now, you know, how you can expand. Uh, you know, no one's going to uh, build a public stadium in this environment. So, but, but I would not be surprised if we see expansion in uh, 2022. And I think the extra round of uh, playoffs uh, will be here to stay. I, I think they'd like that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, creates about 250 million million more for national uh, TV rights during the postseason, and uh, I think the fans will like it too. Bob, always a pleasure. Uh, your work continues to just be outstanding. Appreciate uh, you and what you do very much. All right. My pleasure. Thanks as always. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. We'll wrap up the show in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us here on the show today, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. 
Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And, you know, of course, you go through this documentary, and they're talking about the winners and losers in the documentary. Let's see, CBS Sports, let's see. First of all, look, anybody who is critical of this documentary, you're just being picky. All right, you want to pick here, pick You can pick anything apart, all right? Guess what? It was 10 hours of really good television, all right? 10 hours of really good television. It's, the last time I saw 10 hours of really good television was that time at the staff meeting where we had to see home movies of the suit. All right, so, um, I mean... <laughs> So they put obvious winner Michael Jordan. Yeah, and Jordan comes out, you know, look, I mean, is he tough, hard nosed, the whole deal? Is teammate unpopular? Yeah, absolutely. Loser, Jerry Krause, as we talked about. Um, um, wow, breaking news there. Michael Jordan works, and so, and Jerry Krause loses. I know. I know. Again, but again, here's Krause's problem. Krause has been has passed away three years now. He can't get in there and give quote his side of the story as to what he was thinking and why he did it. We don't know that, you know. Again, but him being uh, the quote villain back in the '90s, Matt. I can tell you right now, we all knew that that's how they felt. That that is, there was no like oh my goodness you mean they didn't feel great about Jerry Krause everybody knew they didn't like Jerry Krause and again I think part of the problem was there's obviously after the ninety what four season at the last one the ninety three season after the ninety three season there's obviously something wrong between Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson it's obvious because 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 at that point. Krause is trying to figure out a way to replace him, and eventually he settles on Tim Floyd. Really? Is something not right? And then it has to be suggested by somebody else that they work in different buildings. There's something wrong there. Now, the players have to take sides. Well, you can see to a man, they took sides with Phil Jackson. Uh, let's see. Winner Isaiah Thomas. Really? What? No, I don't buy that one. <laughs> If you're going to do this stupid story as it is already, do it right. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about this. What this? This is the CBS Sports article. Okay, Isaiah doesn't come off great in this. I will say this: people who have worked with Isaiah, um, when he was doing commentary, they said he never said a critical word about Jordan on or off the air. Okay, so I just want to be fair. Winner Scottie Pippen. There are two areas where he doesn't come off well, and one, of course, is the sit-out. I was watching the game that night. I was watching it that night where he decided not to go in. When, this is when Jordan was playing baseball. And I was watching that game. You're like, you got to be kidding me. And Kukoc hit the shot. Uh, but then you feel like at the end where he's out there playing with, the, with his back where if it was a regular season game, there's no way in heck he'd be playing. And he guts it out. Well, guess what? You got to feel like he makes up for it, right? And there's another part, too, where 
they talk about his contract, and he kind of looks bad in that. But then when you look back on it, the reason he did is he's got a father in a wheelchair, he's got a brother in a wheelchair, and he wanted the seven-year security. So I get why he did it. Uh, Reinsdorf, loser, <laughs> owner. Look, he could have renegotiated the contract anytime he wanted. So Krause in parts following orders. Winner, Phil Jackson. I think Phil comes out big in this, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, huge. Loser, Clyde Drexler. I don't really know if I'd put him in the that category. Drexler did nothing but just play his game. He's, uh, he's not a loser in this. Winner, Gary Payton. Right. Uh, and he's a good defensive player, the whole thing. Drexler's a better player than Gary Payton. Loser, George Carl, just because he walked past the table and didn't say hi to him. So he's only in it for two seconds. Winner, Dennis Rodman. Rodman comes out looking great in this. He really does. I mean, all the crazy stuff and insanity. You're like, hey, the guy plays hard, doesn't he? Winner, Steve Kerr. He comes out great. Scott Burrell. Winner. Walt Frazier. He's only in it for one second. He says, Michael's got to realize he's not seven foot, so he's not going to carry a team in the NBA. Uh-oh. <laughs> Loser, Horace Grant, because of the Jordan rules thing. Winner, Reggie Miller. I thought Reggie Miller came off great last night. Not good, but great. Tony Kukoc comes out great in this. As he should. He did nothing wrong. He had oh, no, no idea what was going on. Now... He said, loser, Patrick Ewing. Not because of how Ewing came off in this. But keep in mind, which guy got eliminated by Jordan more than anybody else in his career? Ewing. Four times in the playoffs, Jordan eliminated a Ewing team. And then you go back to the national championship when Jordan hit the shot. Who did they beat? Ewing. <laughs> That game that night in, in, the, in the garden when Jordan was making his comeback, where the Penn State basketball team went when they were in the NIT, Jordan had 55. You know, Ewing was great that night. He had 36, you know that? Played really, really well. But again, Ewing lost. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. 